how is it possible for human beings to change? There are three intertwined strands in the answer. Learning, counterfactuals, and caregiving, or more poetically, truth, imagination, and love. 64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Welcome to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. My name is Igor S.F. Walker. Today, we look at the philosophical baby. What children's minds tell us about truth, love, and the meaning of life by Alison Gopnik. So, how about you slow down and relax? Reduce all that noise for just a bit. Make that choice and decide to listen. In this video, we look at why babies learn more, create more, care more, and experience more than we could have ever imagined. And there's a good reason to believe that babies are actually smarter, more thoughtful and more conscious than adults. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools. I do have a news that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management. Conventional wisdom suggests that knowledge and imagination, science and fantasy are deeply different from one another, even opposites. But the ideas outlined in this book show that exactly the same abilities that let children learn so much about the world also allows them to change the world, to bring new worlds into existence, and to imagine alternative worlds that may never exist at all. Children's brains create casual theories of the world, maps of how the world works. And now these theories allow children to envision new possibilities and to imagine and to pretend that the world is different. The evolutionary answer is that counterfactuals let us change the future because we can consider alternative ways the world might be. We can actually act on the world and then intervene to turn it into one or the other of these possibilities. Counterfactual thinking. Let's us make new plans, invent new tools, and create new environments. Counterfactuals about the past and the characteristically human emotions that go with them seem to be the price we pay 
for counterfactuals about the future. Because we are responsible for the future. We can feel guilty about the past. Because we can hope. We can also regret. Because we can make plans. We can be disappointed. Now, can children think counterfactually? The most evolutionary, fundamental kind of counterfactual thinking comes when we make plans for the future, when we consider alternative possibilities and then pick the one we think will be most desirable. Now, how can we tell if a young baby can do this? Children develop casual theories of the world from a very early age. If casual knowledge and counterfactual thinking go together, then this might explain how young children have the parallel ability to generate counterfactuals and to explore possible worlds. If children understand the way things work, they should be able to imagine alternative possibilities about them. This might also explain the case where children do not think counterfactually. See, the line between fiction and a counterfactual is one of a degree rather than of kind. Fictions are actually counterfactuals that just happen to be further away from our real world than our possible world. A fiction is a counterfactual out there where the buses do not run. If past counterfactuals are the price we pay for the future counterfactuals, then fictional counterfactuals are the free bonus we get. Because we can plan, hope, and be responsible for the future, we can also wonder, daydream, and escape into the fictional learning from the action of others was a basic mechanism of human development long before the organized science came along. By watching what others do and learning from it, we can go beyond the brief scope of an individual life. We can benefit from the accumulated learning of all the generations before us. Experimental interventions are a particularly powerful way of learning about the casual structure of the world, much more powerful than mere observation alone. But there is a tension between the two kinds of learning. Now we can draw much stronger conclusions from experimentation than from observation. But it is much easier to observe than it is to experiment. Experimenting means acting, and acting takes energy and resources and determination. However, if you assume that other people's actions were similar to yours, then you could vastly extend the scope of your experience with little expenditure of effort yourself. You could let other people do your experiments for you. If those other people already knew more than you did, you could get special benefits from watching their interventions. Now, babies are particularly well designed to learn from other people in this way. Children 
don't just learn by imitating your successes. They learn by avoiding your mistakes and also understanding your limitations too. Now, these babies go beyond simply imitating the other person. Instead, they recognize the complex, casual relationships amongst human goals, human actions, and outcomes. Now, how can we tell what it is like to be a baby? Babies and young children cannot tell us about their experiences, and none of us accurately remember our infancy, and even our memories of early childhood are very hazy and unreliable. Nevertheless, it is possible to at least make an educated guess about what infant experience is like. We can use our knowledge about the psychological and neurological basis of adult experience and our additional knowledge about the psychological and neurological differences between adults and children. As adults, we become vividly aware of objects when we pay attention to them. When we pay attention to objects, our brains produce neurotransmitters that make certain neurons work better and then change more easily. Babies pay attention in systematically different ways than adults, and their brains work differently too. Now, these differences suggest that baby consciousness may be systematically different from that of adults. Rather than determining what to look at in the world, babies seem to let the world determine what they look at. And then rather than deciding where to focus attention and where to inhibit distractions, babies seem to be conscious of much more of the world all at once. They aren't just picking up information about the specific objects that are useful to them. They are picking up information about all the objects around them, especially when that information is new. And of course, much more of the information is new for babies than it is for us. This capacity for very general attention makes babies such terrific learners. Brains make more and more connections between different neurons, but they also prune the less used connections and then retain only the most efficient ones. Now, both these processes take place simultaneously throughout development. Both are shaped by external events, but the balance changes earlier in life. We make more connections, and as we grow older, we begin to prune more connections. These processes may reflect complementary psychological processes and even reflect the quality of our experience. As babies learn more about how minds work, they automatically extend those discoveries both to themselves and to others. They assume that their own minds work the way the other people's do, and vice versa. One-year-olds go beyond just emotion. They start to understand desire and intentions. They will imitate what other people want as well as what they feel. Now, if the experimenter wants to bang his hand on the box to make the box light up, well, weird as it seems, 
so do they, the babies. Now, 18-month-olds will even imitate an unfulfilled goal if they see you unsuccessfully try to pull apart a tube they will try to pull the tube apart themselves they understand that the desires and goals of others are like their own desires and goals by two or three children have an explicit theory of mind that says that other people work the same way they do that they're happy when they get what they want for example and sad when they don't when you imitate an emotional expression or an action or an intention you make the feeling or action or intention your own you act as if you're experiencing that mental state rather than just observing it when children see another person express sadness or make the box light up or try to pull apart the tube, they themselves will act and feel sad. Make the box light up or try to pull the tube apart. Casual thinking lets us know what will happen if we do one thing rather than another. Normative thinking tells us which of these things we ought to do. Normative reasoning depends on rules. Making choices is hard. It means weighing all the complex information about what we want and what might happen, and then make it a single decision. Following rules makes that decision-making process much easier. It also lets me coordinate my decisions right now with my past and my future decisions. Now, if imagination helps children to find the truth, finding the truth also increases the power of imagination. How is it possible for human beings to change? There are three intertwined strands in the answer. Learning, counterfactuals and caregiving, or more poetically, truth, imagination, and love. And there you have it, the philosophical baby, what children's minds tell us about the truth, love, and the meaning of life. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Do leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So you buy it and you read and you never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.